0: Welcome
1: to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast brought to you by thelines.com, coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are finishing off this work week on a Friday with a little NBA slate here Decent amount of games. We've got best bets in this one for you. We also have play a props up in another video. So like here and subscribe to that page so you can continue to follow along each and every weekday with us. Also want you to head to the lines.com, check out everything that we have up on the site right now, and use that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best juice available to you from all of these bets that you are making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA best bet. Not necessarily a, a a fun well, it'll be a fun game. I don't know how good of a game it'll be, but we got the Pellies and the Hornets.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like watching the Pelicans. <clears throat> they're yeah. they're a bit of a force right now uh, as they come off the IST embarrassment, if you will. Um, and I'll just, you know, I was looking at them to cover seven. I mean, it was six six and a half at the open. That was pretty good. Maybe them to score one hundred and twenty. But I mean, this is kind of an easy hack. Is just Ingram twenty five plus in the win, which is plus one hundred and fifty um, versus the money line minus two eighty five on its own. And Ingram's core prop is 23 and a half. So, I mean, we're not really going out on too much of a limb here. It's got to, kind of dependent on if Zion plays. Uh, but, I mean, maybe it's not. I mean, If Zion plays, like, he's probably going to be loafing against an Eastern Conference team that he probably doesn't have to respect. Uh, I mean, whether he plays or not, the looks like the Hornets are going to be without Mark Williams and P.J. Washington, along with LaMelo, which is why you like the Pels to win. And I mean, yeah, I Zion, he came out and 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 silenced the doubters, if you will, silenced all the criticism with that huge game against the Wolves. Now he's just kind of out with the ankle. Even if he plays, I just don't know how hard he will play in this matchup. Ingram has thrived in this matchup. He had a 30-point triple bubble last time out. And it's a pretty similar matchup to what he just to the Wizards, where he just dropped 40. I mean, you take Mark Williams away from this Hornets team, and they are a bottom five defense easily. In their last three without him, 121 defensive rating, um, <clears throat> you know, allowing 56 paint points, allowing the second most points off turnovers. The Wizards, by the way, allow the most. Pelicans had 27 points off turnovers last game. The Hornets gave up 32 points off turnovers in their last game. Uh, the Hornets have lost all three to Western Conference teams this season. 125 defensive rating. Absolutely pounded in the paint by the Wolves at home. Their only home game against West team. Gave up 77 to that Wolves triumvirate, Rudy Cat, Naz, uh, and that was with Mark Williams and P.J. Washington playing, and no Ann Edwards. So it was just like, I like I love the Pelicans, their ability to just score at will in the paint against this team. Um, I mean, they're scoring 131 since this IST embarrassment, so the 120 is definitely in play. But I just like Ingram to kind of lead the charge, um, I mean, he's a he's a road home guy. I'll talk, you know, in player props a bit more about this. I mean, 31% usage on the road and 25.5 and a, a game versus 22 at home. Uh, it was the same thing last season, basically, too. So uh, give me Ingram to, to keep the scoring going and the Pels to win.
1: Totally. Um, it's just Ingram is, is the constant, I think, in this game. And I'm starting to, to realize I think the Pelicans are going to just pwn them in this game that that defense and the ranginess of it is going to be a problem for everybody they're going to have they're going to be able to put herb jones on rosier like gordo's probably not in for another good game this is not the position on the court where you're able to score against this team is is coming from the wing um yeah poor nick richards we picked on him last game uh and that worked out and and he's going to be in for it again man so yeah this is this is a, a another situation where i'm like is minus seven and a half too much for the Pels on the road? Not really, right? I'm starting to uh, to feel a lot better about that as well. But yeah, the, the Ingram 25 with or without Zion. Now, if Zion's in there, he should, if he wanted to, he could just get, play taps at the rim every time. If he wanted to, I don't know if he wants to, like you said. So I do know Ingram, whether he, whether uh, Zion is in there or not, is going to be able to score from the mid-range and probably cutting to the basket from where he's at. So yeah, he's he's a great bet in this one, and so is uh, the, the Pellies as well. So uh, I'm going to go with a Phoenix team total here. I like it a lot. And I want to be able to talk about this Knicks game a, a little bit. And I'll talk about it a bit more in player props because I feel more confident about that because Mitchell Robinson's not in. So that's a huge reason for this over 118 and a half for, for the sons uh, they, they are playing at home. We know that they'll have Booker and, and KD probably Beal. He has props up, but you, you never know like Beal could just be a scratch at, at any point, but m- more importantly with those two on the floor, like, I kind of know what I'm getting and the fact that KD, especially, and even Booker is going to be able are going to be able both to be able to get to the rim a lot more easily than they were. No offense, Isaiah Hardenstein. Uh, he has a decent on off uh, uh, defensive rating. He's also going up against backup centers on all of these, not against Yusuf Nurkic, if that's where they want to play him, right? So that's going to be a bigger problem for him. He's going to be neutralized a ton. Uh, and so, I, yeah, the the other thing that you pointed out, because you wrote a great article up on the lines.com is the bet MGM special for KD to get 28 plus points and for Phoenix to win this game. And the Knicks have played a lot as of late, uh, and they are on this road trip now that they had an easy one against uh, a Utah team that was missing a bunch of people and Julius Randle took full advantage of that I like a game a a pretty big game from him as well which is partly why you know you said the the Knicks do come along for some of these games where they when they tend to give up points they do score points a lot as well and and they're happy to keep the pace fast at those times when Tibbs has to just go like all right I don't got the weapons to play Tibbs ball even though I'm pretty sure he signed Taj Gibson I don't know what to make of that but I I don't know if we'll see Taj in there even if we do I'm not too worried about it to be honest with you um he's more of a bench coach at this point in my opinion but yeah I think the uh the there for, for KD with the money line is also like where, I, where I'd lean. Uh, but the team told at 118 and a half, I do think they're good for 120 in this game. They've been putting that up when they do have the duo of KD and Booker at home. Uh, if you look at those splits right there, for those two in the last four games that they played at home, uh, this team is averaging 128 and a half. So there were some cupcakes in there. But yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for Phoenix to score. And I do think Julius Randle will be the, the, the leader in keeping, them, uh, in keeping them in this game.
0: Yeah, Julius, bigger load on offense, but without Mitchell Robinson, really a top five defender in the league. Uh, you are him with Jericho Sims, who's kind of like just a turnstile is, is in, in pick and roll. If you force him to go out there and deal with KD and Book on the perimeter, like that's not going to go well. Uh, yeah, don't mind the over for the game with, with Brunson and Randall coming right back. Tend to be more high scoring with Western Conference teams on the road, do the Knicks. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take some KD props. He plays really well against the Knicks, usually at the Garden, doesn't he? He's never lost to the Knicks at the Garden, or is it just period? I, I think it's one of those two. Uh, okay, Katie, I, just, I haven't seen that. He plays very well against the Knicks. Uh, classic game uh, Classic NBA situation here where the the bet will hinge on one-man status. Desmond Bain under the weather on Wednesday, and the Grizzlies lost in Houston. Um, I mean whether or not he plays, I think I'm fine with over 213. It was 211 when I started researching this and I think that was that's just way too low. With Houston going on the road here, their defense is absolutely dominant at home, a little less so on the road where it's a 118 defensive rating versus 100 at home. I mean, this game got to 221 in Houston without Bane, with both teams shooting 30% from 3. And how to get there? Both teams also got to the line 35 times, Uh, just like a physical, you know, bunch of scrappers, rebounding second chance points, getting points while the clock is stopped. Uh, I mean, the Grizz have kind of sped it up a little bit lately, maybe, you know, anticipating Ja landing at some point, like trying to get the offense sparked. But I mean, Bain was a huge part of that. His first three in December, 35 a game on 60-55 splits. Only cold game against Minnesota. Then he got right back at it with 28 versus Dallas. He, you know, um, and the, and the last two versus Dallas and Minnesota did go over in terms of Grizz home games. I don't expect them to win. So, I mean, this is where, if you want to bet it now, you could probably just take rockets minus three and a half. They snapped that road, that road skid that they were on to start the season. The Grizz are still only one in 10 at home with only a win over the jazz JV team. Most importantly, unlike most Memphis teams, when they have Steven Adams and company, their bottom eight in, in opponents, second chance points, points off turnovers, Houston is, is, is killing people in those regards. That's how they have to score. Uh, I will say, you know, Houston's defense, while it is elite against the three and an elite rebounding team, they don't give up second chance points or points off turnovers. They do allow the seventh most free throws. So, I mean, it makes me lean more Houston um, obviously because because they're just more dependable because EMA has everybody playing on a tight ship and bought in. and uh, But it does make me still think that we can get over here. I mean, if, if with a 2-11 to total where it opened, it's like both teams, one team has to go under 100 for that to stay under. And I just think Memphis, the way they're starting to play a little better at home, uh, we'll, we'll get over 100 and, and Houston will be right there.
1: It's just so dependent on Bane, isn't it? I mean, to me, it's just, like you said, if Bane's in, I'm, I'm totally fine with the points. If Bain's in, I imagine it's like 25 and a half for him. That's usually where his prop has been as of late because he's consistently going over 25. I mean, look, this, this Houston backcourt, at least Dylan Brooks, you know, will be on him. So it's another battle between those two. Still fine for, for Bane in, in the past, like, like you've mentioned. Uh, my thing with this game, and I'll just go right into my bet to talk about it, is... Alperen Sengun under four and a half assists, and I, I think the 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 points like you said they they could be there. They might come from him. He's had a couple spike games against them, but not in this against this iteration of the Grizzlies, which I'm not claiming by any means to be better than the one with Stephen Adams, but they didn't have Stephen Adams the last time that, that he played last season. Um, and that's when he did have that, that spike game of 25 points or 23 points and just one assist as well. So I think the under four and a half assists for him, I was like, I kept scaling it back. I was like, okay, points, rebounds and assists 32 and a half. Let me go under there. And I was like, he could legit score twenty five randomly, I, like not even that randomly. Like he, if he gets fouled as much as he has been, that's then then there he is. But like Bismack has been able to handle him in the post, and and that's how he's getting defended. Is Bismack's waiting for him in the post, but when he's out on the three point line, he's basically getting doubled by either a guard or uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming over around the foul line and keeping him from getting that. I- That was a fun game. I was texting some homies like, yo, I don't know if you guys were watching Grizzlies Rockets, but this is enjoyable to be honest. Um, Even though there was a lot of fouls, it was like, there was, there was a lot of like care. Uh, And so that's what you keep getting is clearly like they've pinpointed that, that, uh, Sangoon is the, the thing that makes this, this engine run. Whether he's running the pick and roll with FVV or he's actually getting the ball expected to like make something happen from the three-point line or the extended foul line, like that's, he's the engine, and so he's been the focal point. The rebounds are there for him, and the points could be there for him if he does get that like, the, the mid-range going as well, because that is where like, before the double comes to him, he does have a moment to shoot like a 15-17 to 17 footer. Uh, that was the consistent like, pattern for him in that last game, and the, honestly, the game before at this point. But the potential of Assists stay very low for him, just at six and a half. Memphis limits uh, the opposing centers in a lot of ways. Bottom, five, their top five, and limiting them points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, and assists are fourth least that they that they allow to the opposing center. Partly because of what I said, the fouls for Shangoon have always been a problem. Not the best defender, although he's sort of like upgraded to like slightly below average this year, as opposed to just complete turnstile. So, you know, he, he's, he's still getting fouls, though. Like you said, both these teams are. Uh, and that's going to continue to be a problem for him, averaging four and a half personal fouls in his last four versus this team. That's the reason he's only been able to average 27 minutes. Um, with the amount of rebound chances that he's getting, though, because of the bricks that Memphis is going to continue to put up, like I, I, would be, I would be scared even of 10 and a half, although you get pretty good juice for over 10 and a half. It's still plus money. It's it's not something that he does that consistently. It's just, this is a matchup where there are a lot of rebounds available. I, I'm not, I don't want to go that route. I just want to go to the assist. I kept, I went from rebounds to assist back to just assist. Like this is the one I feel best about. Um, but I do still think it's going to be slow and choppy. It's just, there'll be certain guys that are able to score and, and his, his ability to like pass out of that double team doesn't really open up too many guys. So I, I'm, I'm going with the under four and a half.
0: Yeah, I like the look because of what I talked about, just the insane foul rate we saw in the last game, right? You're not getting an assist if if everything is going to be earned at the free throw line. Memphis is desperate, back home, needs wins, uh, going to be playing physical defense and not letting people just get layups. Like, you're not just going to get a nice backdoor cut assist for Shangoon here. Uh, Yeah, so it should be kind of choppy, like you said.
1: Yeah, grind city, baby. About to take it back to Tony Allen days. But either way, let's get into your first play-a-prop here for Friday.
0: Yeah, and uh, Jokic, they took an assist away from him right before that game was kind of called and the starters were pulled, so he was at thirteen and nine or, or something. But then they they he got one more rebound anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit of a sweat to get both those bets in, but we got them. Look, I'm I'm doing the same basically. Look here for best bets and for player props, which is Brandon Ingram over twenty three and a half points. But go ahead and go for twenty five, and uh, and you take the money line if you want. I mean, I don't see the Pelicans losing. At the Hornets, similar horrible defense compared to Washington, and the Hornets might be without uh, Mark Williams and P.J. Washington tonight to try to deal with these guys. We don't know if Zion's going to play. In his last five without Zion, Ingram is averaging 30, uh, along with 5.5 assists and 35% usage, and, and not even playing a full slate of minutes, only 34 minutes per game. Last game without Zion, of course, forty against this Wiz- Wizards team. Charlotte defense uh, similarly awful. Gives up the fourth most points to small forwards. Gives up a ton of second chance points, points off the fast break recently. Um, and, and you know, and if if you if you think he shifts to power forward because Zion's out, Charlotte's even worse against that position. They give up the second most points, rebounds, most assists to the power forward position. And Ingram is a guy who shoots more on the road, uh, scores more 25 and a half this year, versus 22 at home. It was also three points higher last season, 26 a game on the road, 31% usage, both situations. And I mean, part of the reason he's scoring more is he's just taking fewer threes, getting to the rim, getting more free throw attempts, more paint points. And that's exactly where Charlotte has been vulnerable. 56 paint points in the last three allowed and a ton of, of, of uh, points off turnovers, like I mentioned. So I'll take him to follow it up with at least a 25-point game, follow up that 40-burger.
1: Yeah, I'm good with it. I, I love that bet. I'm playing it as well. I went to put it in, and you had already done so. So it's yours on this one, but it's ours as well because uh, I definitely ride with you on on Ingram in this one. And Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Zion doesn't play, I might ladder this up to like 35, to be honest with you, and see, and just sprinkle like, you know, 0. 0.1 on the 35, maybe 0. 0.2 or 0. 0.3 on the, the 30 plus, and then just take it at the 20. Like he's going to score
0: be 30. Be careful with that. I mean, the Hornets are deep. I mean, the, the Pels are deep now with Trey Murphy back, with, with Hawkins off the bench. Like they they don't need Ingram to score 30 every night. He just happened to do so against the Wizards.
1: Which is the other another team that hemorrhages points to power forwards as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if he was playing like them or the Hawks, like I'm kind of going in. Uh, and I do, I do think if Zion's not in, that's when I feel comfortable with this stuff. But even if Zion is in, I still like 25, the Hornets slowing it down. Like I, I hear all that. Uh, I just, it's just another good matchup to where like, I might as well put a little bit on, on him to, to go all out, but I am going to go with Cade Cunningham, understanding the potential perils of this bet in a game that the Pistons are underdogs by 16 and a half points because the books don't know, like they could put it at 20. I bet people would take the, the, the Sixers in this matchup, but Kate is, is coming from a position that is the only place on the floor you can score from against this team. So oh, I'm going to take in all of it for him. I, I really do like the rebounds at four and a half. I, the assists are still going to be there for him. Uh, and the points too, like the points and rebounds may, might be where I'd lean most uh, because it's just really hard to get the rebounds against the, the 76ers. If you're coming from any other position outside of like point guard standing in that one spot. Uh, but the 32 and a half PRA for him is, is something that he does. He does do against his team. Jalen Duran's not in as well. I, do with that what you will, but because it, 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 it's not like it really impacts his, his overall stats, honestly. like He actually like gets a few less assists, obviously a few more rebounds, basically the same points. Um, but when he does play this Philly team, his usage goes all the way up to 34%. Uh, on the season, it's 30%. But in his last five versus Philly, it does go all the way up, like I said, to that 34%. And he's taking most of his shots either from the mid-range or from right around the rim. That's probably when Embiid's not in or pulled away from the basket is what I would imagine there. Um, but yeah, they're, they are going to do their best to pull him away from the basket. I guess they just don't really have uh, the guys to do it because he's probably not going to be guarding much beef stew in this game, and, and he will be standing on the three-point line. But for, for Cade, like in the last two that he's played this season against his team, he's averaging 12 potential assists. That's why he's up to uh, about eight assists or seven assists per, per game against them, uh, which is really helpful here. The, the nine rebound chances is also third most on the team, because like MB is just boxing everybody out. So it's either he or Osser Thompson, honestly, or like Killian Hayes. It's guards that are getting the boards against Philly when they do get them. Um, and so that's another reason why I continue to like his overall stats. But the points for him, like I said, they're mostly coming from the mid-range. This is the only spot on the floor that you really can't score above the sort of league norm against Philly, right? They do, they around the rim, they're just one of the best teams in the league. They're three-point events, still okay, but not as good as it was last year. Uh, D'Anthony Melton is, is sort of... The, the, what they have out there for the most part uh a little bit of james springer when he gets on the floor a decent defender but most importantly like you you do got to shoot that mid-range with with mb in there and that's what cade has has upped big time to get into the top 15 and how often he's shooting that and the percentage points that he's scoring from there so as long as he's able to shoot like a decent percentage from like 10 to 15 feet away then he should be good for the like 22 points and, and then that would get us over the 33 with i think at least 11 ra
0: yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, I'm a little scared of the plus 16 and whether the Pistons are, have their starters out there in the fourth. But at the same time, I'm interested in Boyan 20 and a half points. I mean, he's just dropped 33 in 33 minutes against this team. He has gone over that pretty consistently since coming back from the injury. Just an automatic bucket on a team that can't score. And he does get it going in the mid-range and long-range, so he doesn't have to deal with Embiid. Uh, but most importantly, I think for him, every point you score gets you closer to being traded to a relevant team and get off the worst team in the NBA. So keep stay motivated boy on you'll, you'll get out of here soon. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yeah. So Raptors Hawks again here, two nights later totals higher props are about the same though, for Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. And I don't see any reason they don't have success again against this team. Um, We're talking, I mean, a, 27 and 10 game from Scotty, a 33-7 game from Siakam last time out. And I'll go to Siakam to get 25 points and Barnes to just get eight rebounds. Um, and that's plus 140. I mean, you can add other stats to that conservatively. I think they both get four assists. Um once again, I mean, I think you can put Siakam six rebounds and then we're at over plus 200. Siakam averages 10 rebounds his last four against Atlanta, also 27 and a half a game. Scored 31 in three of those. Atlanta is just absolutely awful against the power forward. DeAndre Hunter questionable again. We talked about Sadiq Bey's poor defense when we took Scotty two nights ago. Uh, they now allow 27 points per game to the position and the most rebounds per game in their last 15 with Jalen Johnson out for much of that. They also allowed the most offensive rebounds on the road. Scotty got to 10 rebounds last game despite only one offensive rebound where he, you know, he averages four per 100 possessions on the year and had three in each of his previous two meetings with Atlanta. So I think he, he might be good for 10 rebounds if you're feeling a little bit more bullish on that. Uh, but I think the eight is safer. He's averaging Scotty Barnes 26 and 10 in his last four against Atlanta and has 10 rebounds in three straight with that pace that they play, Atlanta's just awful. I mean, it, you could... I, I'm, I'm so sad about this because I love Quinn Snyder and want DeJounte Murray to somehow fit on this team, but lost five straight their only covers in 15 games are against Washington and Detroit like if if you feel bullish that the Raptors could just handle this again you you can parlay their money line like there's just a lot of options to say but the safest thing to say is just like these guys whether you consider them power forward shooting guards whatever interchangeable position they're they're just gonna eat against this wing defense
1: yeah. I like it. I, I didn't know how to play Siakam, but you were already going for it and I'm I'm happy to play with the twenty five points for him. The boards, yeah, I mean they're they're both power forwards. Shout out whoever felt the need to elaborate in the comments on our last YouTube video about this where you took Scotty Barnes and he goes, Someone tell Scott uh Nate that Scotty Barnes is not the power forward. It's like, Nope, we, we know we know that, but this team is just made up of like four power forwards. So what are you talking about? But anyway, uh more importantly, I, this is the position like the position that everybody plays on the Raptors is the one where you could just get what you want, especially in transition against this team. And I think you will see the transition points from, from both these guys uh, big time in this game. So uh, I'm going to close out with a bet that I'm only putting half a unit on because Julius Randall has burned me the last two times. I'm two for three betting on Julius this year, and I'm going for the points because this is a game that I think we do both like points. It's over 24 and a half for Julius Randall in the game against the suns. And this is where you can score on the suns as well. Like, you Nurk has done a, a good job this year. I've always been a Nurk fan, and I'm glad he's like in a position to like have responsibilities that shine for for, for people to like see how good he is, right? And um he, he's done, like I said, well defensively, shutting down a lot of good centers. He'll have the paint, I would imagine, because there is no Mitchell Robinson, and so it will be Nurk's paint a lot more than anybody else's, but Randall won't really be banging with him. Um and, and the power forward position is one where you can score against this this uh Suns team in the way that they defend a little bit zony at times as well, the way that they're, they're coming out and sort of holding their spots on the floor on defense. They are a uh, third bottom third uh, in terms of limiting power forwards points per game. They allow the uh, ninth most, I believe uh, points specifically the, the rebounds, Right around the same. I I didn't take any other stats for Randall, even though I do think the rebounds are are good for him. I I think he did benefit. I know he benefited a lot from Mitchell Robinson boxing out multiple people per possession, and that really helped Randall's boards. So I I don't love the boards as much for him without Randall to or without uh, Mitchell Robinson in there, to be honest. So Mm -hmm. that's that's why I'm keeping it to the points. Um, And the the um, the the Suns here in terms of like like I said without Mitchell Robinson, there's gonna be space for for uh, Julius Randle to work. The mid range will be there for him as well. It's really that spot on the floor right next to the, the foul line where they're giving up a ton of points. If you look at their opponent uh, shot charts there and, and the, the the dashboard here, it's really actually handy. You can see exactly where on the floor they're getting scored from. And Julius Randle's mid range shot combined with that baseline uh, is is definitely where it's at. You can get some second chance points against Phoenix as well, as good as they are at limiting a lot of different uh, aspects of things. There's uh, the offensive rebounds will be there times for Randall as well especially with Nurk off the floor so it's just without Randall this season he's up to 33 a game uh and in his last 6 without Randall there's just more room to to work down there apparently because he's up to a 29 a game in his last 6 without uh Mitch Rob in there so i think i keep saying without Randall but i mean Randall without Mitchell Robinson so you guys know what i'm talking about uh but anyway that's where i'm at Nate what what say you
0: Yeah i mean you're you're the Knicks fan you you should have your pulse on these guys uh i mean Put hopefully if if Jericho Sims can stay on the floor, then then Randall gets cross matched with Durant, right? And and he's a lot stronger than him. And I don't I don't think I mean Durant's a pretty good defender down low still, but I think Randall will find a way to get his points. I I was a little more interested in Brunson to get twenty five, um, just based on you know Phoenix being. I, I guess they're limiting point guards, but just like who is their point guard? Like it, it's either Bradley Beal with a bad back or Jordan Goodwin. Like I I mean it's it's a team scheme. To limit a guy like Brunson, but he had 35 last time he faced his team, and and yeah. routinely torched Western Conference teams last season. So uh, I'm I am looking at that more than than Julius, but uh, I'll defer to the Knicks fan.
1: Don't. Don't defer to the Knicks fan. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 keep your own opinions. But either way, I would say you know Harden sign out will be out there too. Like Jericho Sims is going to be a complete liability. I don't know how many minutes you can keep him on the floor. Like maybe you think he's good to, because Nurk is mostly standing down low and, and he doesn't want you don't want to get back to the basket. But man, like yeah, I don't know how long you can have a guy like Jericho Sims on the floor against smart, in, intelligent, you know, savvy vets that are going to be on the floor for for Phoenix consistently. So anyway, that is all the time we have for you. And play of props continue to follow along. Check out the best bets that we also have up for you each and every weekday this season. So, until we see you next, happy betting.